<laughs> well, well, well. We have so much to get into. I feel like I haven't had a real conversation with you in in months, essentially. I know. Well, every time we every you guys, every time I talk to Chandler, I like how now you're I'm not even speaking to you, I'm just speaking to the audience. Yeah. Audience. I'm now out of this every conversation. Time, <laughs> you're a listener now. Every time I talk to Chandler, one of two things happens. Either you know, we we almost get into catching up and then we're like, oh, we have to save it for the podcast so we can't mm-hmm. actually talk about anything. Or I'm trying to talk to Chandler and she's like, I don't know, like Cheryl Sandberg essentially, just like on her computer, like sitting up fully straight, looking at it, answering work stuff, cannot give me the time of day. I don't know okay. what's happened, but you've like overnight turned into like the biggest like tycoon and I'm not having it. Um. Well, okay. Here's what's – I cannot believe that you're going to put this all on me. Let's talk about that. You've had a broken phone for the last year. You've, your phone that hasn't is... been working. I haven't – I've only been able to contact you. Lauren and I have been Instagram video chatting like we're freaking on 90 Day Fiance or some shit. Shiz. Excuse me. And that she has true. not had a working phone. She's also been on an opposite time zone than me. So I, how dare you try to place this blame on me? <laughs> I've always been a tycoon for the record. Let the record state that I've been a tycoon since day one. Um, and you are, you've sorry, maybe the contrast is just really stark because you've been vacationing for the past month. And that's on you. Okay. <laughs> Perhaps so. Perhaps that is the case. Um, okay. It is true. When I was in Greece, the, the deep irony is I posted on my stories like, sorry, everyone, if these stories are so obnoxious and annoying, but I have no clue when this, when I'm even coming home. So this is continuing, uh, indefinitely essentially. And, and then promptly two hours later, my phone became unresponsive. So, <laughs> and it stopped working. Two hours later, the next day we were flying to Athens to get on a boat for a week. So I was going to become completely right. stranded. Yes. And this is, Lauren was also away at sea. Okay. Let's just talk that's about the last month and, and the dedication to this podcast that's been shown. I'm glad you had a month-long sabbatical. Um, I'm proud of you for that. Wait, but I, I, no, no. This is called revisionist history. I did not have a month-long sabbatical. I continued to co-host this podcast and edit every episode even during while I was at sea, except for co-hosting. I did not co-host last week. That's correct. I'm just saying it's been a long two weeks of you being off the grid. I was off the grid for one week. Well, when your phone is broken, you're basically off the grid. So I just hope, I hope you got the, the R&R you needed because other some of us had to, you know, steer the ship in your absence. Poorly, say- but steer <laughs> nonetheless. Yeah, I, your Leahona must have been broken. Honestly, there was like 60 seconds where I – there were 60 seconds where I was like, you know what? This is great. This is God intervening in my life. Like my phone is broken. I'm going to be at sea. Like there's so many – this is a black swan event for me as a human being. Right. For all of these events to conspire to make me go phoneless. Mm-hmm. And I just imagined I would – go to sea. I would look at the horizon. I would right. look at the night sky. Journal. And I would realize – Journal. Exactly. Um, I would look human beings in the eye, you know, offer a kind word, a word of gratitude. Yeah. I would become a better human being. Uh, my attention would become focused. You get the picture. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, none of that happened. In fact, I just realized how annoying it is to not have a phone. It became right. terrible. Terrible, 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 and I do not recommend it. Wait, so can we talk about your journey at sea? Like, I feel like I haven't heard actually a full debrief from your vacation. I mean, I guess I heard about it when you were in Portugal, but now I didn't really hear a lot about Greece because I feel like you immediately went to sea. Yeah, Um, no, you haven't heard anything about Greece. I haven't heard anything, so I need to hear about it. Okay. So we went to Portugal. We were in Lisbon for like two and a half weeks. Then we went to Porto for a few nights. Then we had like a week or no. We went to Lisbon for two and a half weeks. Then we went to Viana for like – we stayed in a castle with Kagan's friends. Um, and then we had a week break in between when we were going to get on a boat for a week and sail mm-hmm. like around the islands. Well, So nice. So lovely. I can't wait to tell you all about it. Um, soup, I feel super, super fortunate that I was able to bully Kagan into leaving Puerto Rico for both August and September under the ruse that we were escaping hurricane season. When really it was just an excuse to travel. Wait, um, has Puerto Rico been affected by any of the recent, like Ida or um, no. Henri? Okay. It's actually very rare that 
Puerto Rico gets hit by a hurricane because it's such a small island and such a vast sea. I think that I experienced hurricane season more than you did, more than <laughs> Puerto sure. Rico did, to be quite honest. Uh, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, I don't even think there's been like a tropical storm since we've been gone. Oh my gosh. Okay. Regardless, we Regardless. escaped. So glad you were safe. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we had a week break and it all – we like had a lot of discussions of what we were going to do for this week, right? Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. finally was able to convince Kagan to go to Mykonos. I really wanted to go to Mykonos because we didn't yeah. know if we were going to go there like on the – on the uh on the boat because the boat mm-hmm. does the boat journey is like completely dependent on the winds okay and so we didn't know like where we were actually going to be sailing until yeah. like the day we got on and i knew i wanted to go to mykonos and i knew for a fact we were not going to go to santorini and i wanted to do santorini on the way back these were my plans okay 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 is there so any anyway. like rhyme or reason behind that Lindsay lohan is was in mykonos or like it's is frequently there i mean I think that Mykonos and Santorini are like the most famous of the islands. Uh-huh. And my hunch, my educated guess, my hypothesis I put on my lab coat was that they're the most famous because they're the best. Yeah. You know, I, I said these are the places I wanted to go. I was basically uh, low-key ridiculed slash trolled for this and told that um, these were the Instagram destinations oh. and not actually the cool For a reason. They're the Instagram destinations for a reason. Exactly. You stole the words from my mouth. Now having been to a bunch of little random islands and Mykonos and Santorini, I can tell you that you can honestly just skip the little islands, maybe watch a YouTube video about them and just go to Mykonos and Santorini. Great, (laughs) great. Let me save everyone a lot of time and a lot of, you know, Googling. You know, just stick to the Carnival Cruise itinerary, okay? No need to do something (laughs) off the beaten path. Just whatever the Disney cruise for Greece is going to, just go there, okay? Absolutely, absolutely. If you go on TripAdvisor and you search Greece, just do what it says. Do what the like the top three destinations yes. come up at. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It, I mean, it looked absolutely stunning, and now I feel like uh, I'm gonna try to go to Greece and Spain uh, next year. But those are my goals. Incredible. My, okay. Yeah. So your man doesn't know. So I'm manifesting. Yeah. I've okay, decided so, to take a European vacation next year. That that should be like, you know, at least 10 days. Well, I want to do a Amalfi Coast with you next year. So you need to pencil that in as well. Okay. Well, I had right. a realization about Amalf- um, the Amalfi Coast, which is that I want to do it with a with like with another gal pal and huh? not with Kagan. And so I need you to be on that same train. Okay. Okay. Let's let's pencil it in. Let's make it happen. Okay. So anyway, so we went to Mykonos. It was super fun. Kagan, we stayed at this hotel that was like two minutes from a kite beach by walking and two minutes from a beach with a bunch of day beds. And like you can like have the, you know, beachside service. So I was in hog heaven. And then so nice. it was so nice. And then we ended up um, staying at the last night at a little bit nicer of a hotel with mm-hmm. like this infinity pool that overlooked mm-hmm. this amazing like uh, bay, like yes. on a cliff. It was really pretty. So, okay. Did um, – and you were with a group of friends this whole time. So it wasn't like just you and Kagan. No, it was just me and Kagan and Mykonos. Okay. And it was really fun. Like we we got – we kind of took a break. The friends went to Sardinia to like another kiting location because all of this has basically been centered around Kagan kite surfing and me learning mm-hmm. to kite surf. Mm-hmm. And Mykonos was – I wanted to go to Mykonos. I did not another want to go ruse. to Sardinia. Another ruse yeah. for Lauren to journey around Europe to learn how to kite surf. Exactly. <laughs> um. So okay. I I do want to tell – I have a Mykonos hot tip for everyone, okay. which is – so our first hotel was totally darling, but it wasn't one of these hotels that's on the beach. Um, we could have paid $100 extra dollars a night and stayed on the beach or like, you know, in, on an amazing like cliffside hotel. Mm-hmm. We opted to stay – to go a little mo- bit more economical and stay at a hotel that was like – just kind of landlocked, if you will, but sure. super darling regardless. Yeah. I regret this now because okay. if you don't stay on a hotel that has day – like that is on a beach with day beds, you're going to journey to a beach with day beds in Mykonos and you're going to pay 50 to 100 euros extra a day anyway to mm-hmm. sit on one of the day beds. What an incredible tip. It um, is a good tip. That is a good I tip. Say. That is a good tip. I know I'm very excited to tap into all of your places when I, you know, travel out there. I actually have been to Greece 
Um, you didn't really give me the opportunity to say that, but I have been to Greece. Um, I have only been to Athens, and this was on a cruise. So I feel like it doesn't really count when I tell people I've like been to Greece. Like it feels kind of like wrong coming out of my mouth. But I have been there, and I did spend a, a day, about six hours in Athens. Um, Just enough time to go to the Acropolis? Right. That's about it. I've got a few pictures of me at the Acropolis in like, you know, purple skinny jeans and Perfect. <laughs> that's about it but i never went to any like the you know the more picturesque the actual, like, like cool spots in greece yeah like the the vacation destinations i was just you know too busy immersing myself in the history oh right you you wanted to go see where democracy was founded whereas you the words right out of my mouth i wanted to get buzzed on the beach and i guess we both accomplished our goals we did we did um i will tell you chandler that how far I've fallen from the scholar I used to be, from the philosophy student and poet I used to be. We went to Athens for one night purely because we had to um, we had to catch a flight very early the next morning. Uh, like mm-hmm. we had to be up at 4 a.m. Okay. Um, our hotel had a view of the Acropolis. If you went to the rooftop, like a beautiful view of the Acropolis. I didn't even go. I didn't even go. To you the didn't even. Top. You didn't even gaze at it. I didn't even make the effort to look at the thing. Ugh. That is how. Like how I don't know. I've become See, completely like. I'm, I'm, there's no culture anymore. You've completely devolved, and that's okay. Hundred <laughs> percent. I've watched you unravel before my very eyes. <laughs> I know. Like the journey from what's what Lauren's reading my Instagram of of your to. Lauren having fun has really been one of like a woman losing her soul and all culture right, and all right. pretentiousness in certain yeah. ways. Losing pretentiousness or gaining and pretentiousness? Losing you know, pretentiousness in different ways. In, in different ways and gaining pretentiousness <laughs> in new ways, you know? Yeah, definitely. There's always going to well, be a baseline level of pretension with me. Honestly, it's like, you know, if, if you've got some pretension about philosophy and Kant or infinity pools and, you know, day, beachside day beds, like, what's the difference? <laughs> That's true. I guess, uh, I guess one is more virtuous than the other. But anyway, I'm here to offer my tips to everyone. And this is great. Is I think we should spring for the nicer hotel and we can. Okay. Okay. Um, so Lauren's Lauren's hot tip is just spend the money. Would you say that was, you know, like a, well, a macro you're note? Gonna, you're gonna spend it anyway because you're gonna right. want to go to the beach, and at that, that point, you have to pay for a day bed instead of it being mm-hmm. included included in well, your hotel. And like a lot of times, like I I remember when I was on my study abroad in France, and we only could go to like the just open to everyone public beaches. They were kind of gross. Like, like if you just got like a, uh, if you just went to a, one of the beaches where like, you know, anyone could go and like there was, I just remember seeing like band-aids floating in the water, you know, <laughs> like f- Fanta cans floating in the water versus like some of the more like private places like we were able to like sneak into were just like so much cleaner. I just, I did not even journey into any of the non, they call them non-organized beaches in Greece. I did not even journey to, you know, to those because it just seemed like, no, I want service beachside. Like, what's the point of just going and plopping down with my towel on the Mm -hmm. sand? Where is the sangria going to come from? Where is my stunning Greek salad going to come from? What was your drink of choice? This bitch isn't packing a lunch. Right. Um, My drink of choice was... uh, (sighs) This is another thing I'm going to tell people. The cocktails were not great. The cocktails were really? not great. I tried every single cocktail at our last hotel in Santorini. None were very good. You have to just stick to essentially, I would say, sangria or Aperol spritzes or straight yeah. wine. Like the yeah. margaritas were not sweet at all. Mm-hmm. Or everything is so sweet. Like yeah. you might as well be, I don't know, getting a cocktail yeah. at like Willy Wonka. Or yeah, like the, the sugar factory. <laughs> Yes, in the Mission Bay Home Mall. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay. Good to know. Wow. Okay. You should definitely do a highlight or some sort of, you know, travel guide on Oh, I should. Instagram. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. So we go – so we went to Mykonos. It was really, really fun, amazing. Like, it was incredible. The great thing about Mykonos is that it's like – it's just – it truly is a party location. Like, 
the beachside parties are so like people are just like having a blast lots of topless people which was yeah like interesting um it was super fun and then we flew to back to athens from mykonos Okay. So that we could get to the port to get on our boat for the week. Mm-hmm. So we were mm-hmm. on a catamaran for the week. Chen, do you know what catamarans are? Are you familiar? They're like the boats with like that are basically like three long platforms, right? Like I don't know. Why do I feel like a catamaran doesn't have a floor? Is that true? So catam so a catamaran is so a, like a, a a regular boat or a yacht has a mono hole, so it has one like like one, like it all comes to one point at the bottom, whereas a catamaran has two points, so it's they're okay. a little bit more stable essentially. Okay, and okay. they're a little bit like more like just like friendly for big groups essentially. Okay, okay. Um, then unless you're going like on a full yacht and doing like a below deck experience, you want to be on a catamaran with like a, a sort of larger group. Okay, wow, very interesting. Yeah, and because it's just a it more like, comfortable experience. Okay, I think I'm lo- I'm looking at pictures right now. So there's like big catamarans. I've literally been thinking you were on like a tiny catamaran. No, no, was this was like, like a 50 foot catamaran. Okay, okay, got it. Okay, so it, I don't want to have any sort of pretension about this experience though. Like it was de- like it was super fun and amazing, but this was not below deck. Like we mm-hmm. were on a catamaran. We had a skipper and a hostess mm-hmm. but we were not like being served cocktails by people in uniform or right. any of that that was yeah. not happening this was yeah. more of like an this was more of like everyone kind of does their part and okay. you know yeah it's more like like staying on a catamaran is more like camping at sea is the only way yeah. to describe it okay okay like like sleeping what on kind a of food like did really... you have and where did you yeah what, did you, what were your quarters like quarters were extremely small very limited storage. So I brought very limited like apparel and stuff. I, you know, mm-hmm. I I left my big check bag in Athens and I brought very limited items. And the it's just basically a bed with like a like there's like maybe two feet of space outside of the bed and then a mm-hmm. tiny bathroom with yeah. a shower and yeah. like a tiny closet. That's really what you're okay. staying in. Okay, okay. So you're it's really just to sleep and then you spend the rest of the time like actually on the like loungy part of the catamaran or like yeah. on the dining part of the catamaran. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So we get there and we get to the port and at this point we have to go grocery shopping to get our food for the week. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. like we needed to get essentially more food than what we'd ordered for our provisions. Okay. This was a hellish experience. This really? was like Yeah, it was just like it was a packed Greek grocery store. So much like we needed to buy so much food. There was only 3 of us who went. Like we stood in line. I it just felt like we st- we waited for so long for the mm-hmm. van driver to come to pick us up with like the four carts of groceries. Yeah. Anyway, it was definitely like if I thought that in any way this experience was going to verge on like the Captain Sandy luxury tour of the of the Med, I was dispelled of any such it, illusion. It sounds like you were just kind of like having a crew like experience. You weren't like you were on a boat, but you were like do it like the crew, having to shop for provisions, having to carry your own provisions. Okay, which we all know is the worst part of you know getting the boat ready. So exactly. Show up. Um, yes. And you know tight sleeping we- quarters. You were like yeah. You you basically got to experience what it would be like to uh you know work as crew how how nice for you (laughs) yeah basically I was basically I was basically Hannah no we had we had a hostess and she was like this older Greek lady okay and it was so funny because whenever she spoke no one had any clue what she was saying but she was so nice and just smiled sweetly and like folded her hands over and over and talked with her hands a lot and none of us had any clue what she was saying but she was very nice um and then we had our skipper, Costas. Uh huh. Hot. Chandler, do you know what know a? Hot. I already know he's hot. Do you know what? Do you know what uh, a skipper is? A boat guy. It's the captain. It's like basically a more chill name for captain. Okay. Okay. Hot. So, you know, Costas had a certain appeal. I won't deny it. You know, very swarthy. His passion is being at sea. Very, a very strong Greek man. Okay, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. very swarthy, yeah. very um, determined, and it was just funny because like 
we we got there and we're traveling with guys who essentially do not like to make plans. Like all of these guys, they're all crypto guys. They all kind of just they're kind of the type that just do whatever they want whenever they want. And so it was actually interesting to watch like that mentality of these guys contend with like Costas under, the captain. Right, under Costas's thumb. Who wanted to make like plants to the detail to the minute and wanted to discuss oh, them that. for like two hours. Nothing is sexier than that. I need to right. go find this man. I'm sorry I must leave my my life here. Because <laughs> I love well, planning. A hundred percent like before we got on the boat, like one of the chief complaints of one of our friends who was coming with us who organized the whole thing was like he got uh-huh. too many calls to plan this trip from the skipper. Stop. So anyway, so yeah, so we get on the boat and it's determined that the wind is not going to accommodate kite surfing on this trip. Like the wind is just really not great. Oh, like no. we might as well just abandon <gasps> that plan because this was supposed to be a kite surfing boating week. Right, right. Ugh. So so instead we you know we say okay and and let me caveat this with one of our friends his partner um missed her flight and so he okay. had to wait he was going to join us the next day and this is okay. the friend with really the strongest opinions kind of okay. the most alpha energy i would say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um in terms of decision making so he was not there for these discussions so we decided well if we can't kite surf let's just go to the most like stunning swimming spots in Greece mm-hmm, like beautiful mm-hmm. huge cliffs like the things you see on the postcards let's go to like the places you can't really get to by airplane the places that are a little bit more undiscovered okay. we have provisions for the week like that'll be like a more fun exotic experience let's yeah. abandon let's abandon trying to kite surf on as many Greek beaches as possible. are you are you bummed at this point that your kite surfing journey you know is, is looking like it's coming to a close no I could not care less about kite surfing like okay. I live in a kite surfing de- destination should I continue my kite surfing journey which is another story entirely <laughs> I will do so next to my home I'm okay. in Greece once like that was it was honestly like a strange plan to me that they wanted to kite surf in Greece yeah because like it's I mean it just seemed like why not go to like the the why not just be in Greece like you can right. kite surf at home as much as you want. We've got kite surfing at home, and the beaches aren't that different. You know, the beaches in Puerto Rico are actually warmer waters mm-hmm. and a little bit more picturesque. If I'm truly, if we're gonna get down to the brass tacks. Well, okay, okay, yeah, shots fired. Anyway, we decide we're not gonna head to the Mykonos path of this trip. Um, near Peros and Antiperos in those islands. We're going to instead head to Milos and like go to the more undiscovered territories and more beautiful swimming holes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we make that decision. We, the next morning at 6am, we depart for the eight hour sailing journey to Milos. Okay. okay. At, our friend had gotten on the boat late, late that night. Um, his partner ended up getting there in time to make it that night. But Again, they were not part of these decisions. So by the time they were woke up, we were well on our way to Milos. And it's not a simple journey of like saying like, oh, we're just going to reverse course and go somewhere else. Like it's a full day of basically of sailing. Okay. And sailing for a full day is not – it's not like the most enjoyable. Like no, you really do no. get seasick. Yeah. Did you get sick? I got seasick the first day for sure. Like yeah. It's, it's just not – it's not like relaxed, chill party vibes. It's like right. kind of getting through it vibes. Yeah. And so an eight-hour day of sailing is a lot. So we wanted to get that big sailing day out of the way, get to Milos, and then our journey would really begin. Well, we got to Milos and our friend basically discovers that the kite surfing trip he thought he was going on had been changed to a oh, swimming no. and stunning destination, okay. and stunning Greek waters trip. Yeah. At which point, um, this is not going to work for him. It it becomes abundantly clear. Really? Yes. So we all get to dinner that night and we're kind of chatting before Costa. Like on the are... boat. You're on but dinner on the boat. No, we had dinner every night in a different like either bay or port. Okay. Okay. Cool. So we would get to like a little like like a little like very remote bay in Greece where there'd be like one tavern and we'd go have dinner there every night cool, and then cool. our hostess made us a lunch and breakfast every day on the boat okay okay um so anyway our hostess Martha okay anyway we get to dinner and Costas our skipper has not arrived yet and we kind of all are talking and 
And everyone basically reveals that they'd actually prefer to go to Mykonos and they, they don't want to go to Milos anymore. Oh my gosh. Okay. And this is going to require another full day, day of sailing. Basically, like we've, we've gone all this way to get to this amazing place and now we just want to sail a, again tomorrow. But we decided if we're going to talk about this with Costas, let's do it after dinner because if we even bring it up, he is going to like – he's not going to have it. He's, he's going to want to talk it. about it right now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he gets to the table. Someone kind of alludes to, oh, maybe we might be changing the plans. And it's just so funny because he's like, if there is a change to the plans, we need to discuss this now. I am the skipper. I need to know. We cannot discuss this when we get back to the boat. It will be 11 o'clock. It will be too late. I will be too tired. We have to discuss this now. Oh, my gosh. So we get into like a full three-hour logistical conversation over dinner about benefits to going to the various places, yada, yada, yada. Um, we make the decision to go to Milos the next day for one day, and then the next day we'll go to Peros, and then we will depart the boat early, two days early, and just get dropped off essentially in Paros and okay. skip the ride back to Athens. Is okay. any of this interesting at all? It is. It is. It is. Am I getting I'm, too in the weeds? No, no, no. I think, I think let's just maybe like speed it up slightly. Okay. Okay. Um, so anyway, we, we make that decision and, and it was just so. Is he mad at you? Is, is, is he carrying resentment for the rest of the trip? He was a little miffed. He yeah. was a little miffed. Mm -hmm. Like, cause it's just, there's a ton of variables um when it comes to like actually ch like sailing like the winds I, I guess like are very constricting and like if we well, went to Peros he needed what yeah and if we went to to Peros if we wanted to go to to Paros I still don't know how to pronounce it um he needed to leave and go back to Athens by Thursday in order to avoid the really harsh winds that were going to make it too dangerous to sail. Okay. okay. So that's why we decided, okay, we'll just get dropped off in Peros and we'll skip the last two days on the boat, which honestly okay. came as a relief because sleeping yeah. on this boat was like semi-nightmarish. Really? Yeah. Like, remember how I told you that sleeping in the castle, like it was super hot. The beds were really uncomfortable. There was no AC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the boat was the same story. Yeah. Super hot inside the little cabins. The AC barely worked. Yeah. Um, and it was just kind of yeah. nightmarish. So when I realized that we were getting off the boat two days early, I was like so happy. It's like one of those things where it's like, like honestly, it's like camping. It's really fun for like the first bit. And then like when it starts to set in, like truly how hellish this experience is and like <laughs> the logistics are, like you're like, yeah, I'm ready to leave. No problem. It's really fun during the day. It's just not fun to sleep in, on a boat. And that That's makes a big like, difference. And, yeah. and that makes a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Like I would totally do it again. I, I was actually thinking of trying to like convince our friend group to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I would totally do it again. It was really fun, but I was relieved to be able to get off the boat. Yeah. So we yeah. get off the boat a couple days early on Thursday. We go to Paros for a night and we stay at this really cute hotel. They like upgrade all of our rooms, which was so nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, and then and then I had convinced Kagan to go to Santorini for the last weekend that we were going to be there. Mm -hmm. Okay, this was also funny. So I, I convinced Kagan by essentially asking – Costas, our skipper, like what, um, like if Santorini was worth visiting, and it was so funny because I went into like the boat to like talk to him about it, but it was it was cool, fully with an earshot of everyone. I'm yeah, like, Costas, should we go to Santorini? Is it worth it? Or is it just like every other Greek island? And he was like, yeah. Oh, Santorini, it is unearthly. It is like nowhere oh else in gosh. the world. And I just heard the guys outside going, "That's gonna cost you." <laughs> <laughs> to Kagan, which was hilarious. <laughs> That's so funny. And ultimately did. Um, um, so I'm trying to decide if I want to tell you anything else about our captain. It um it was just so funny. Like we were like it was such a unique person. Like we were at dinner chatting with him about like the best like people who sail and stuff, like yeah. the best people like guests. And he was saying that Americans are really nice. Americans were like basically the best. Most Europeans are really great, really nice people. Um, but he was like, but Greek people are apparently the worst. Really? He says that any experienced skipper will not host 
uh, will not sail for Greek people. They'll always ask what nationality the people are before no they will like, accept a charter. Yes. Because apparently they just like, he's like, they think they're the king. They, they tell me drop anchor here. And I tell them, I am the skipper. I decide where we drop anchor, <laughs> not you. Like it was just, he's like, I, he's like, they think you work for me. I work for no one. I am the skipper. This is my boat. <laughs> it was really like, s- doesn't really sound like a skipper is actually a chiller name for a chiller captain. <laughs> <laughs> He's honestly like just such a funny, such a funny person. Like the most, like the strongest Greek energy. Like anytime he was speaking, he sounded like he was essentially yelling. So passionate oh about yeah. sailing, about the winds. And it was really cute because he really wanted to like show people how to, how to sail, which of course me Ugh. and like basically the other girls had no interest in. Right. Um, but Kagan was super cute. Like Kagan would always like come up and help him, um, with whatever he needed. K- like Kagan, honestly, when we were on the boat, I kind of fell in love with him all over again. Cause I just really? realized he's that guy in a group who will like, who like, who can just be counted on. He's the guy who yeah. will help out the guy who needs help. Who yeah. will learn what needs to be learned. Yeah. He's just capable in every yeah. way. Yeah. And <laughs> And Costas almost like kind of like fell in love with Kagan a little bit. Really? Like, I feel like he wanted to adopt him, like adult adoption <gasps> as his new son. Oh my gosh, Kagan. Like we went to take a, a group picture at the end with Costas's drone and Costas was like, Kagan was on a call for work and uh-huh. Costas was like, the picture will not be the same without Kagan. <laughs> <laughs> oh it was gosh, really cute. so funny. <laughs> I know, it was amazing. That's lovely. Oh, that's very, very sweet. Congratulations on falling in love all over again. Yeah, it was cute. He like let Kagan drive the ship for a little bit, which was really cute. So long story short, it was really fun. And um, we ended up getting dropped off in Paros. We stayed for a night in Paros and then we flew to Santorini. Um, (laughs) Kagan had this be my 31st birthday trip, which I was readily accepted and received with joy. Mm -hmm. And truthfully – I got we got to Santorini, we got to our hotel, and it was like a spiritual experience. That's the yeah. only way to describe Santorini. It like I, in, in unreal, unearthly. Like I, I basically like discovered divinity on this on on this experience. Like wow. my tip for Santorini, stay in as nice of a hotel as you can afford uh-huh. because really. In Santorini, the only thing to do is be at your hotel. Like other right. than like go into town, walk. Like you, you go to the tourist area for like two hours, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Get a get lunch, and then that's it. Yeah. So you really want to be in as nice of a hotel as possible, so you can enjoy it. I sprang for a pretty nice hotel, um, and it was so worth it. Like I cannot tell you. Like it was our hotel was basically like a combination of San Ysidro Ranch and the Ivy, like wow. on a cliff. Oh my gosh. It was phenomenal. It was it was unbelievable. It was like spiritual. Like literally I was sitting at dinner waiting for Kagan and the dinner all the tables are like cliff view so they're just on mm-hmm. on the cliff like facing yeah. the cliff. So beautiful. And it was so cool. Like you sit right next to your partner. You don't sit across from each other cuz you're both yeah. looking out at, like at the view. Yeah. And and, like, the server came over and I was, like, almost having, like, an emotional experience. And, like, the server could tell. Like, it was just, like, truly phenomenal. And, like, I had all these epiphanies about my life and, like, the things I maybe need to change. And it was just really, really Oh, really? Amazing. Do you want, care to share? Um, I mean, maybe on the Patreon I'll talk about it a little bit. Okay. It's a little too personal for the, for the, for the masses. Okay. Um. So anyway, um, okay. but yes, Santor- so my so my big takeaways are Santorini and Mykonos are for sure the best of the Greek islands. The if you if you have time and can take a little boat to a few of the other random islands, do it. Like Antiparos and Paros are cute and they're fun and they are very traditional and very cute. But Mykonos and Santorini are effing where it's at, and you should absolutely go staying as nice of a hotel, of a hotel as possible in both locations, um, especially Santorini because. There aren't beaches with day beds to go to in Santorini. Really, you're just like on a cliff watching the sunset every night and swimming luxuriously in the pool. That's basically the activity of being in Santorini. Mykonos has more to do. And so those are my grease tips. I'm sorry. It's now 35 minutes long. I apologize for how long this That's went on. That's all right. That's all right. Um, okay. 
Um, well, I guess I guess I'll give you an update on my domestic life. Um, oh, it's yeah, not going to be. A, it's certainly not as glamorous. Last time we chatted, I was in New York, and I have successfully now made it back to the West Coast. Um, I will just give you, you know, a brief rundown of that journey for me because it was quite the journey. Last okay. Friday, I um, was supposed to leave New York City. I missed my flight. Um, I did not realize that public transportation had really, you know, seeped into my my planning and my logistical uh, side of myself. So I did not anticipate the idea of traffic because I've just been taking the subway all summer and it just like always takes, you know, 10 minutes to get somewhere basically. Right. Unless like, the train is delayed, which really kind of only sometimes happens. Wow. She's already such a New Yorker. Okay. You forgot yeah. about traffic. Okay. I forgot about traffic. Listening. So, uh, which I've never missed a flight before in my whole life. And this was like a very like this this was like a moment where I was like, wow, you really goofed here. This is all your fault. Um, but luckily, like we Ben was just gonna, you know, walk me to his car to retrieve some of my belongings and then I was gonna get a cab. And as I was walking there, he was like, You know what you're gonna get there only like twenty minutes before your flight leaves? And I was Stop. like, Oh, I was like, You don't say. And then it was just like this like amazing, you know, white knight, night moment, knight in shining armor. I don't know what white knight means, but whatever. Uh, he was my white knight. He is white. Um, and he just was like, he was like, I'll just drive you. And so then he just like, you know, That's we quickly cute. get in his car and then he drives me. And then we realize that we're, there's just no way we're going to make it. So I then book another flight from the car because okay. I can't get anybody, uh, you know, on the on the line with Delta. Uh, by the time yeah, I get a hold not. of somebody, my flight will have taken off. So I book another flight and then literally within five minutes of me booking that other flight for like two hours later, uh, it gets delayed by three hours. Stop. And, and, you've, and you have to realize what I'm staring down. Okay. I, I'm flying from New York. It's going to be like, you know, a six hour or five hour plane ride to then fly into San Francisco where I'm going to meet my best friend, Annie, who's going to then go with me the next morning to get a U-Haul van, put all my belongings from storage into this U-Haul van and then drive to San Clemente. So I'm just staring at kind of like- it with you. Yes, yes. She did it with me, which was so nice. I like flew her out and she was so kind to basically fly, you know, to California to do chores with me, which is, you know, why Beyond I was like, nice. yeah, so nice. This is like truly a ride or die. Anyways, I'm staring down the barrel of that. It's just like not going to be a fun weekend. Right. It's going to be like, you know, a really sweaty, like gross weekend. And it's Labor Day. And it was like, you know, the last weekend of summer and everyone's like, you know, in a pool and I'm just like, you know, packing up all my stuff. Anyways, it's fine. So I'm, I'm, that flight gets delayed. I'm about to land in San Francisco at 3 a.m. And then I have to pick up the U-Haul at, at 9. Um, so I end up then having to book another flight on a different airline. Um, and Stop. Did you cancel all, another one? All, yes. All of this is happening as I am trying to – as I'm in lease negotiations for my apartment in New York. So I like had countered oh. with like with like another offer and then she called me back to tell me. And so she's like, we got to let them know that the, the office closes at four. It was truly the most like it was a very exciting and chaotic moment because I got, like got I got the apartment and I also was like flying out in two hours, which I think made this like tr transition that was honestly going to be very hard for me um, a lot better because I was like as I was literally leaving New York, I like knew there was a return in sight because I had my like lease like my lease at that point mm -hmm. and my this like dream apartment that I got so anyways I ended up making it and I also mom and dad you know how they bought me that beautiful big suitcase for my birthday yeah it was quite a large suitcase Lauren we're talking 30 inches tall yeah that okay. was like taller than a large box that you would get at U-Haul um which I'm now very I'm acutely aware of all of the different box sizes as I you know plan to ship my belongings across the country my suitcase weighed 62 pounds okay which, that has also never happened to me that is like not my move i never have like an overweight suitcase i'm i try to be really dialed in in these situations well it's not overweight if you're flying business because you can go up to 70 but what well, sorry what that's enough that's enough out of you <laughs> um i was you know and i actually got <laughs> this is so funny so i'm i put my suitcase on the thing i've literally i had to like take the air train i got dropped off in the wrong terminal because i forgot that i was now flying alaska hellish hellish journey i'm sweaty i'm also wearing the sweatshirt that ben got me for my birthday it's that's like a it says god is obsessed with you and there's nothing you can do about it um, incredible incredible <laughs> which like i realized like maybe to the masses makes me like look like i'm is like, that a justin bieber quote like a crazy christian or something but like it's, it's kind of amazing so anyways 
picture this. I'm in the uh, Alaska terminal at JFK. I'm hurriedly trying to transfer belongings from one suitcase to the other. I'm weighing, I'm weighing my uh, my Gucci bag on the thing. I'm weighing that with my shampoo. And I'm like, okay, how can I get rid of some of this weight? Nothing is heavy. Somehow nothing is heavy yet. The, the whole suitcase is heavy. Um, so I, I make about three different attempts to get my suitcase underweight when all of a sudden an angel, an angel in Alaska uh, garb walks up to me and he says, you know, under his breath, under his mask, he says, just come over to my station. Stop. And I, I look Stop. at him. I look at him from the ground. Literally, I'm on the ground at the airport and I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking up with tears like, in my eyes. Like, you're like, it's touching Jesus's garments, essentially. Literally. Like, in I like a, just, a Book of Mormon movie. I am, I, I've seen the light. I'm about to be translated completely. Don't and I'm die. just like, I'll do anything. I'll follow you anywhere. I'll go anywhere. So I, I quickly, oh I quickly package all my stuff. My suitcase weighs still. Uh, uh, 60 pounds. Okay. I put it up on the scale. He puts a heavy tag on it. Nothing. Just doesn't say a word. Sends it right on off. And then oh, he goes, I saw gosh. I saw you in peril over there. And I'm like, you're my angel. I'll, you know, I love you. Let's get married. Let's go to Greece. Um, 100%. And, and then he bumps me to like premium. So I got like, Stop. I actually got to experience premium Alaska, which was very nice. I had lots of leg room and nobody sitting next to me. So, uh, wow. yeah. So that so so then I, anyways, talk about gonna, a hero saving a damsel in distress. Truly, like it was one of those moments where I was like, I was like, there are good people out there. You know, the world is back. New York's back, baby. And um, and this is something I've. Uh, this is a, related but unrelated. I feel like this summer in New York and you know moving there now like New York actually has some of the kindest strangers like if you are if you're just like if you're in a any sort of business transaction with somebody they're not gonna be nice to you they're not gonna do you any favors they're not gonna cut you any slack they're probably actually going to be rude to you like my broker when I was first looking at this apartment said to me do you know what you're talking about straight up um what yes when I was like calling and inquiring about the apartment I she said do you know what you're talking about um and I said yes I know what I'm talking about and so, like, but that's, like, that's just kind of how business dealings go down. But if you are having an interaction with a stranger, um, and I guess this guy was kind of in a service, like, job, but whatever. He was kind. People in New York are actually very kind if you don't have to do any sort of business transactions with them. Um, anywho, I make it on my flight. I get to San Francisco. I pick up the U-Haul in the middle of, you know, East Palo Alto. Um, it's just, like, I- I'm about to have a nervous breakdown because I'm, like, just – so stressed. I just have like truly a lot to do in the next three weeks. And I had a lot to do then. So I'm, I'm able to retrieve the key from the lockbox, get in this U-Haul and another angel, you know, appears to me. I had multiple angels on this weekend. The men at the make space warehouse where I was picking up my belongings said, offered to load the stuff in the truck for me. They said, uh, you know, do you want to just, do you want to like, do this or do you want to just let us do it? And they said, do you have cash? And I took that as well, I will, uh, we will load this for you if you give us some cash. Yeah. I gave them cash. They loaded all my stuff in the U-Haul. They packed it tightly. I didn't have any type of way to secure it. They did it all for me. And truly we were out of there in 20 minutes. Oh it was gosh. like, it was amazing. I, I, I thought I was going to be like loading stuff in this truck for an hour. I also had far more belongings than I anticipated. They could have not fit in, a, you know, someone's pickup truck, which is wow. what I was, you know, telling people. Um, no, not true at all. Anyways, I'm home now. I made it. This drive was safe. Um, I am living here. I've kind of gotten unpacked. I'm in the process of trying to like sort things into boxes. And my goal is to ship all my belongings in about eight boxes and like two to three suitcases. So we'll see. Um, I don't know how you got rid of all of like your stuff when you were like in San Clemente. I feel like you just must have thrown away like everything. Yeah, I basically I basically got rid of everything, but I don't have anything of like value, honestly. Like it was just all a bunch of crap right, that I right, accumulated yeah. through my 20s, you know. And that's like that's kind of what I'm facing right now. Is like why have I saved, you know, like every single card? Why? Why have I done that to myself? Or honestly like, yeah, or like I'm sorry, but like H&M top from 2013. This is what like, I'm saying. Why it's just a bunch of junk. I'm like, why am I trying to ship Zara clothes that I bought off of Courtney that were already used when I bought them? Like why? Why am but I trying to do this? You probably never wear anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's cuz like on Yeah. Can I tell you why? I'm yeah. diagnosis for you. Yeah. I think you're still adjusting to having a little more coin in your pocket mm-hmm. and you're so used to being broke. 
No yeah. offense. Yeah. I, I also was used to being broke for a long time um, and was broke through most of my 20s completely. And I think that like the idea of buying of replacing is like so like it's just there's something like in your body that like right well it, it also just seems like wasteful stressful. to me i'm like why do i need to like rebuy this why, I, I love my white t-shirts i've got plenty of white t-shirts I don't, I'm, i've got like you know at least 25 white t-shirts and i'm like I, I just like like these these are like you know i've i bought them at target eight years ago like you know they're they're mine they're part of me but i'm like i really could just like rebuy this when i'm out there so i need to really uh be strict on it but whatever anyways i mean i just feel like i just feel like if look at what you have look what what's truly a value and what can be easily replaced like if you can easily replace most of it for two thousand dollars total then i would just donate it and and, get new stuff and i'm looking at about a hundred dollars a box so it's like if the things in this box are not worth a hundred dollars why am i shipping it exactly especially and honestly, like, that's another big realization I had when I moved to Puerto Rico is I really only used a handful of my things. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them were just things I bought, but I didn't end up ever really naturally right. reaching for or using. Yeah. And so that's another thing. It's like, have you really – like, what of this have you actually missed? Right, right. Totally. Yeah. And I also bought, like, a decent amount of clothes while I lived there. So anyways, I, I now have to start over completely from scratch with, like, furniture, which is – why I come to the, you know, pop apologist audience on bended knee asking for mattress recommendations because mom wants me to, you know, spend $5,000 on a sleep number. And no, that's not happening. It's, I'm like, it's not, that's not happening. And then I showed her my apartment last night. I was like looking for like, hey, where should we put the mattress? And then she's like, she's like, oh, you got jet outs. She's like, oh, so you won't be able to put it in that corner. Like mom is like making so many little tiny microaggressions Dicks. about my apartment. Dicks. She's like, literally dick. She's like, why why is the ac unit you don't have central air or it's Mama like the queen of like not i don't know she's the queen of like little dig she doesn't even realize she's making yes i was like i was like i can't even this is my dream apartment you don't even realize how beautiful this is compared to like the other like you know blank holes that i was looking at this is amazing right and she's like are there enough plugs you know you're gonna need a plug and <laughs> And then she like literally, she's like, you can probably hear me. She's like, you're gonna have to run a cord from right there to right there to get this plugged in. And I'm just like, you gotta stop. This is now like hurting me, and I can't talk to you about my apartment ever again. I have like a like you've seen my I've like Facetimed you while I was in it. It's a beautiful apartment. It's a beautiful, beautiful apartment. And but the the thing is, is mom doesn't understand that you don't have ten thousand dollars a month to spend on rent, so you're not gonna be able to get something with outlets you know every two feet you right. know literally with like 10 inch crown molding but she'd prefer and crystal chandeliers i know i just you got jet outs oh you got jet outs you won't be able to put your bed in that corner <laughs> it's just like oh so God. funny <laughs> anyways um yeah so this is called living at home um at, at 26 um i am hearing things like i don't really like frozen ahi that's what mom said to dad a couple nights ago <laughs> when he brought home like some frozen ahi. he was like look deb i got frozen ahi we can make it and she goes, I don't really like frozen ahi. And the then- way mom has like no – like I feel like mom has this weird thing where like she doesn't care about hurting dad's feelings no. in certain ways. Yes. Whereas like I would understand that dad had like paid money for that or Kane had yes. paid money for that. And I'd want to like kind of be sensitive to that. Just like the way that you had paid money for your apartment and you're really mm-hmm. excited to live there. And maybe don't mm-hmm. emphasize the negative. Mom's just like, no, I don't like it. It has right. jut outs. Can't fit a mattress <laughs> there. Like, <laughs> you know, you got jet outs. Um, and so, yeah, so she says things like that. And and I'm like, dad, I'm like, I love Ahi, dad. I would love for you to show me how to make it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I'm really wow. pick- I'm picking up the emotional slack here. Truly. Um, okay. She also said to me yesterday, let's go to Disneyland on Saturday. And I'm like, mm-hmm. mom, I'm like, I have been working from eight to six. I got up to record this podcast at 6.15. Uh, so I could like prepare and like have coffee and, you know be ready by 6.30 when, or 6.45 when we were going to record. Like, I'm like, I cannot go to Disneyland on the weekend. Like, I need to relax. Also, I need to pack all my stuff. But it's just actually like, sh- shocking to me that she wants to go to Disneyland, given that she prefers to not ever well, leave, like, the, the 20 square feet of, her, of her, her bedroom. I know. Well, I literally think that's because her entire week is, like, you know, R&R. 
Um, so it doesn't yeah, matter. That's true. That's true. Mom with like no job and nothing and like no responsibilities, but three assistants, she's fully rested and right. ready to go to Disneyland on Let Saturday. So ready. Um, dad also said to me, I can't believe your lack of diligence. You said you were gonna go to Orange Day with me every morning. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh, you're really putting through the ringer. And I'm like, mom's like, John, she works so hard. And I really have been working a lot. I haven't I actually have a meeting in, you know, at 8 a.m. today. And so, anyways, that's what I've been dealing with. That's what I've been going through. But truly, I will say that it has been um really nice to be home because I feel like I'm kind of like taking a breath, getting my bearings. Um, I also have just been, you know, I've been doing white strips. I've been doing, I got an LED mask. Um, every night, you know, I watch a show with mom and just like do some sort of like beauty treatment. So I'm, I'm going to be ready for the harshness of New York winter and I'm going to look plump and dewy uh, when I head back in about two and a half weeks. There's just nothing more luxurious, honestly, than being like at mom's mom and dad's house when like like either like a very nice like like takeout is brought home or yes. you go out to eat every night and then I like know. every night. Otherwise, they, it's like watching shows and like doing skincare treatments. At night. It's so funny. Last night, I'm like, mom. <laughs> last night, I like finished work at like six thirty, and I like want to work out, and she's like come to the movies with us. We're going to go see Free Guy. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to see that. She's like, come on. She's like, you work too much. You can get a nice salad at the movies. I've got great food. <laughs> and, and actually, well, all I want to do is like, you know, make ground turkey at home and like, you know, pack a box and just get through some of my other tasks. But it, it is really nice how uh, the treat yourself mentality that exists in this house. Yeah. Oh, so, so fabulous. All right. Well, speaking of um, lux- luxurious parents, sorry to tell you, Chandler, our family life is not the most luxurious. This became abundantly clear to me when I watched Kylie Jenner's pregnancy video. Can we discuss? I know. I know. Like, my friend told me that the that the Kardashians essentially live like kings and queens of mm-hmm. yesteryear, and this mm-hmm. cannot have been more abundantly clear. Yeah, it's like, so true. Like, I was – were you not just – like completely um aghast at just the level of like luxury in every like They're square just, inch or right. square like millimeter just, of that frame. They exist in such beautiful spaces all the time. Like they're right. never under like fluorescent, you know, like can lighting or like, you know, like it's just they they never have to experience anything but opulence. Exactly. Like Kylie Jenner against like the architectural beauty of her home and like pregnant and pregnant. Honestly, it was in like this this the string lights at that like dinner or whatever they were having. Like it just made me realize that she truly has a better life than me, which I guess I I always knew, but I really really discovered while watching it's that true. video. It, it is. It's amazing. I that video was nice. I did not think it was quite as emotive as Stormy's was. I'm going to be totally honest. Give some notes to the editor that you know drive the emotion in the next one for baby number three. Um, I loved though the part when Chris Jenner found out. I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that Chris Jenner is a wonderful mother. Say what you're going to say, but in that moment, you cannot deny that she is just a mother who loves her children and is so happy for their joy. And like, I I love her with all my heart, and I would die for Chris Jenner. Okay, Chris Jenner all. is Chris Jenner. Honestly, is like a mother that God gave to the world to show other mothers what you can right, aspire right. to. I mean, yeah, there might have been like a quick sex tape selling or whatever, allegedly. Whatever. But look where the kids are now. Pure opulence right. constantly. I okay? mean, she sends them scripture verses, I'm pretty sure, every morning. That would be annoying to me. That's a that's actually a demerit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she, the woman's not morally bankrupt. Um, okay. Do we want to talk about uh, unrelated but related to the Jenner – and Kardashian family, Scott and Amelia. Yes. Okay. So Scott sent a DM allegedly to Eunice, Courtney's mm-hmm. ex-boyfriend, basically ridiculing Courtney for being right. very okay. PDA-y. This chick. Yeah. I mean, so what did the, what did the DM read? Do you have it up? Um, chance? Okay, it says, ahead. "Yo, is this chick okay, bro? Like, what is this in the middle of Italy?" I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What else are you supposed to be doing? She's at sea in Italy. Of course, you're going to be all over your partner if there's any flame left in your relationship. It's not mm-hmm. like they're in the middle of the Trevi Fountain in Rome. You right. know what I mean? Like all over each other. Like they're on a private boat at sea. So, who cares? Like I – so my thought with this is like do you think 
this makes Courtney like Scott's whatever Scott is like honestly like kind of pathetic and I like wish him love and light wish him well but he's pathetic and I wonder how this makes Courtney feel I wonder if this makes her like secretly like happy because she knows that he's still hung up or if it makes her sad like I can't tell whether she's moved so far far past him it would make her sad Uh, no I mean I think that I don't know that there's anyone who has risen above the feeling of satisfaction knowing that your ex still cares. Like, I think that that's basically a universal, like, human feeling. And so I'm Mm -hmm. sure Courtney was totally delighted to see this because it just betrayed the fact that Scott is still a little caught up on her or majorly caught up on her. Also, I want to say – very rich of him to condemn her being PDAE when he literally was posting photos of his 19-year-old girlfriend in lingerie on Instagram. Mm-hmm, Remember that? Mm-hmm, Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I, I can't believe how long him and Amelia were together for. Also, How long were they together? Like 11 months or something. I mean, it was a good move on her part. She's basically a household name. or Her star has risen a lot, especially compared to her sisters. I mean – yeah. Anyway, um, so I think that's that is interesting. Um, but I'm glad that about... they are. I'm glad that they are broken up. To be quite honest with you, well, we um, all knew I it th- was coming. We yeah, knew it was going to yeah. happen. Yeah, um, it's time. I hope he dates someone age appropriate somewhat next time around. I mean, I do want to talk about one thing related mm-hmm. to Kravis. Okay, so you know how, um, uh, you know how Travis will literally always like comment something super romantic back on her posts about him and vice versa yes like for example she'll post a picture with him and he'll say you know forever isn't enough with you my love (laughs) (laughs) she'll post another picture with him and he'll say like my everything um how do you feel about this type of like public facing goo goo gaga romance like do you wish kagan would do this for you no because i'm torn i'm torn sometimes i wish sometimes i wish but I do think it is kind of embarrassing. Like, I, I feel like at least at this point, it's like, really? Like, haven't you already said this all in person? You know? Honestly, the hottest Instagram to me for a guy is no Instagram. And the second, and then second to that is Brad Falchuk. Is like, is Brad Falchuk's. Basically, I, I, unless it's like very self-aware and kind of jokey and fun and cute, I, I really do not like an overly emotive Instagram post about your partner. Yes. Especially when it's written in a voice. Like it's like – It's like Fabia like, um, voice. Steven, from the moment, you know, we met at right. Applebee's. Right, right, right. On that it's, fateful Thursday evening after our shifts at Wells Fargo. Like I yeah, knew you were just, the one. It's It's just like a lot. It's a lot. And I also wonder like why does like – why do you have to – why do you have this public declaration to the world? Like, I really like a somewhat more like toned down, you know, I mean, I, I will say that Ben has posted some very, very kind things about me on his Instagram, but it's not, it's always like, you know, with restraint. There has never, to be like, a a, restraint and self-awareness. Yeah. I think that also, if you, if you are going to post a love letter caption, the only way to do it is like Brad Falchuk, where it's like little tongue in cheek, fun and playful. Like the minute you go super serious, it's like, I, I tune out. Exactly. Very well written too. That's Mm -hmm. the thing. Like the key to good writing is just saying things that are very specific. So instead of saying like, you mean everything to me, you're the one love of my life, all these trite phrases we've heard over and over and over again, you say something like Brad does that's very specific. Like, oh, this photo of Gwyneth, could it have been from 10 years ago? Could it be from today? Who knows? Because she's timeless. Like it's cute. It's specific. It's interesting writing. It's interesting. Okay. Um, I now must go, but I'm glad we've returned to Brad Falchuk. Like all episodes, found its way back to Brad Falchuk, which I think, you know, proves to be a pretty successful episode, I would say. Yes. Um, all right. Well, Chandler, enjoy your day at work. And Thank you. I will talk to you tomorrow morning when we record the Patreon episode. Yes, cannot wait. Okay. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. 
I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus' wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Catherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week, we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout. Making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.